Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. You're listening to the Bears Brothers Podcast and Post Game Show, the place where Bears fans across the globe hang out online after every Bears game. Now get ready, because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast. This is your host, Will DeWitt, and to begin today's show, I bring you good news. We're finally in the home stretch. The long offseason is nearing its completion, and we're only Mitch Trubisky days away from the Bears' first practice. That's right, only 10 more days. Of course, we're going to be there to give you the scoop from Bourbon A's, but first, we need to continue our countdown to camp. So in today's positional preview, we're going to take a hard look at perhaps the most revamped group on the entire team. And of course, that is the Bears wide receivers. With a whopping 12 players currently at the position, I obviously cannot do this preview alone. Therefore, I am joined by three of my Bears brothers. I have Brandon Hazlett, Nicholas Moriano, and making his debut, site writer Andrew Ortman. They're all here to help me break down the wide receivers today. I'm going to go ahead and begin with Andrew because, again, you're making your debut. I want to give you the floor because you have a big moment coming up in your life. You're going to be uh, having your firstborn coming up in just a few weeks, sometime in August. Are you excited, man? I am excited. It's going to be a whole new world for me, but I'm excited to be a papa bear. Oh, yeah. But uh, everybody, that's Andrew. You're going to be hearing a lot from him throughout the show. And let's go over to Nick because he was the next one into the chat as we were preparing for today's podcast. You've been spending four days in a pool uh, living the life. How's summer going? It's going well. I mean, like like you said, I've been uh, at camp in the pool. So I'm trying not to get too tan, but it's already happening. It's July 11th. I was just telling you guys before we hopped in the actual live channel here. But yeah, it's been great. And I also started reading a new book, so good to go. And like you said, Will, training camp is right around the corner. 
What are you reading? It is called I'll Be Gone in the Dark. It's uh, about a serial killer. So really good book. Golden State Serial Killer. It's a really, really interesting read. Okay. I don't know what you're trying to tell us. I'm going to go right <laughs> to Brandon B. I know you've hustled to get here on time. I applaud you. Uh, did you catch your breath yet? Uh, I think I did. I think I'm ready to go. All right. I, I, I like that. Prompt ready to the point. And again, we have 12 players to get to. So let's just jump right in. We need to just kind of hit the ground running. And I want to begin with uh, the three big acquisitions at the position. And obviously here, I'm going to be referring to Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, and the second round pick, Anthony Miller. And let's go ahead and start with the Bears' number one wide receiver in Robinson. The 24-year-old is coming off an ACL injury, which is something that if you don't know that by now, Shame on you. I don't know how you won't know that. We've talked about it all offseason. It's an obvious thing. But the good news is, you know, we're going to start finding out next week just where he is in his rehab. But all signs are pointing to him being available, ready to go week one. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he's being a very active part of practices really from the get-go because it seemed like near the end of OTAs, he was really starting to get more acclimated onto the practice field. Back in, uh, you know, what, March? Yeah, he signed a three-year, $42 million contract. It was the Bears you know, biggest of the many free agency splashes. You know, many Bears fans are hoping that he can return to his 2015 form when he posted those 1,400 yards, 14 touchdowns on 83 catches. So, guys, I want to know, if healthy, what's your confidence that Robinson does indeed completely bounce back? Because, obviously, I think the Bears front office and the coaching staff believes he can become that productive number one. But where's your confidence level, and do you have any reservations? Let's go to Nick first. You know, I'm, I'm really confident uh, Allen Robinson able to make a full recovery because now ACL injuries, that is able to – you athletes can come back and recover from it. That's the big thing. And he has some of the best, you know, medical people working with him. And just what he was able to do previous to the injury, I'm really confident what he's going to be able to do come into 2018 in an offense that, you know, caters to guys with his ability able to route run, uh, can, you know, go get the jump ball and all of his strengths. So I am confident in Allen Robinson. I think that he will put a healthy season, a very productive one as well. What about you, B? I think it's an obvious consensus that we all have high expectations for Allen Robinson. So heading into training camp, looking into the season, what are your expectations for him? Is that for me? That is for you, B. Okay, <laughs> sorry. I'm still cutting in and out because of uh, internet. Computer. Computer. Yep. Uh, but I mean, expectations for him, I really like. don't think there's much pressure on Allen Robinson to come out and perform right away, especially since he signed on a three-year deal. If he's not 110%, I have no issue with the Bears kind of like, you know, don't have to get out there and play right away. I know that's how you get better is by giving it all every chance you get when you're out there on the field. But if there's any chance of him like showing any signs of uh, regression, I don't expect him to be out there and be healthy, but if he's only 85-90%, I expect him to sit you know, another week or two to try and get back to 100-110%, especially since he's going to be here for, for three years. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, there's no way the Bears are going to rush this situation. I mean, they have, you know, everything but time right now in terms of, you know, Allen Robertson and his health. They're going to do everything in their power to do this correctly. And I think, you know, they've been building up and all signs are pointing to Robinson, you know, of course, making a full recovery and being a factor on offense this year. Uh, Andrew, over to you. I want to know when you're looking at Allen Robinson, Allen Robinson's games, uh, what should fans uh, be excited about come September, come this season? Why is he going to be a difference maker on offense? I think the biggest thing is that he's just that legitimate playmaking wide receiver that was so obviously missing from the offense last year. And uh, I think, you know, with the state the Bears are in right now, investing the whole future on Mitch Trubisky, they had to get him a number one. I think they 
Ryan Pace and everyone did due diligence research on him. I think they wouldn't make this investment moving forward if they didn't feel 100% confident in that knee. I think all reports have been he's been ahead of schedule. He's been getting after his rehab. Uh, I am very optimistic he's going to be ready, he's going to be healthy, and he's going to be a beast this year. There you go. Being a beast. I like to hear that. Nick, again, uh, coming off a big injury. and in the NFL, you've seen mixed results, especially with ACLs, but you personally, when you look at 2018, this upcoming season, what would make it a successful one for Robinson? Does he have to go ahead and reach those 2015 numbers, or does is the bar maybe a little lower? No, he definitely doesn't have to reach the 2015 numbers, and I think if that's not going to happen because of all the other playmakers that are there. Um, obviously, you want to see Allen Robinson be a 1,000-yard receiver, that go-to guy for Mitch Trubisky, but he definitely doesn't have to get to 2015. If he can put a, together a full you know, season, which you know is tough to do, that would be a successful season. If he's able to you know, bounce back to his former self, again, doesn't have to put up the same numbers, but is able to be that dominant force, that guy that, um, again, you throw that 50-50 jump ball, he's going to be the one coming down with it, who's going to be precise on his route running, get you know open for Mitch Trubisky, just anything like that. That's a successful season for me. If he looks legitimately like that number one receiver, like what they are paying him to be, what they anticipate him to be, that would be a successful season in my eyes. Absolutely. And obviously, Allen Robinson, everyone's expecting some good things from him in his time in Chicago. But I think... We've pretty much hit everything we need to talk about Robinson. He's going to be the he's the clear cut number one. He's going to be the go to guy, the guy that defenses must pay attention to. But the good news is the Bears have other wide receivers that defenses better pay attention to as well. We're going to talk about them in a minute. But first, I needed to I need to take a quick time out and provide you with some details about our show sponsor, SeatGeek. Buying tickets can be complicated and confusing, but there is a better way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event. Whether you're searching for a last-minute deal, planning a night out with friends, or need to find the perfect gift, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. As you know, the Bears Brothers have the SeatGeek apps on our phones, our devices, and it's by far the easiest way that we've been able to shop for tickets. We can be anywhere, pull our phones, and within a few taps, instantly find some seats. I was just looking at SeatGeek. So plenty of amazing deals if you want to join us at the Hall of Fame game, by the way, guys. It's coming up very quickly. So if you want to join us for the Hall of Fame game, check it out. On top of that, I'm looking at tickets in Lambeau. That's right. Week one, prime time. Still plenty of amazing deals, which is pretty remarkable giving the primetime game of, of, you know, a game of this magnitude between two, you know, the best rivalry in the NFL. And if you want to go there, Rudon Matt Nagy in his first ever game as the Bears head coach, this is the beginning of this new era. Definitely check out SeatGeek for these tickets because SeatGeek, it is the web's largest event ticket search engine. You can discover all the events you love, search all the ticket sites, see seat locations, and get the best deals on your tickets. And to get you the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. And the best part of all is that our listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app, Enter the promo code BEARS today. That's promo code BEARS, B-E-A-R-S, for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All righty, you're listening to the Bears Brothers Podcast. I'm your host, Will DeWitt. I'm joined by three of my Bears brothers, Nicholas, Brandon, and Andrew, and we're here breaking down the Bears wide receivers as we're only 10 days away from the first practice down in Bear Benet. And looking at the receivers, you know, the Bears, they double-dipped at the position of free agency. We just talked about Allen Robinson, but he paired him with the speedster out of Atlanta, 
Taylor Gabriel. He signed a four-year, $26 million deal with Chicago. And throughout his time playing with that 2016 MVP, Matt Ryan, Gabriel averaged about 34 receptions, 478 yards, and about three touchdowns per season in Atlanta. And even though those numbers by themselves aren't you know, any eye-bulging numbers, he does bring more to the table than just the stats indicate. So I'm going to go ahead and go over to Andrew here first. Why will Taylor Gabriel be a difference maker on offense this year? One word, speed. I mean, he's got game-changing speed. He can take the top off the defense and let the other playmakers get open underneath. Um, again, just something that the Bears haven't had, and that offense is going to bring a whole new dynamic. We all know Mitch has got the arm. Uh, I think that he's going to get the, a lot of one-on-one coverage, that he can beat man-to-man defense, and he, he's going to be fun to watch this year. He really is. He is. And real quick, and when you first start, uh, when you first started talking, we heard Peanut, right? That's your dog's name, correct? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. So Andrew's dog's name Peanut. And if you're a Bears fan, which you are, because you're listening to our podcast, I'm sure you can definitely put two and two together there. Nick, when you're looking at the Bears' offense, this RPO system, what they're trying to do here, how does Taylor Gabriel fit? I mean, the speed, of course, is a big factor. The Bears brought in a ton of speed at the position. How's that going to change the game for Trubisky, who last year had no one who can gain any separation, no one who was a you know a quote unquote deep threat, someone who could take the you know the top of a defense off. Well, the things with Taylor Gabriel, he's going to line up everywhere on, everywhere on the field and able to utilize that speed, whether he is lined up as a Z. He's technically the zebra, as Matt Nagy has said in the past. Um, so he's going to line up everywhere on the field, and you can throw him on a different, a variety of different routes. Obviously, um, he really did well on bubble screens in his time in Atlanta and also going deep. That's what he's known for. So having that element in the offense just, you know, creates mismatches because again, we just talked about Allen Robinson. He's probably going to get a majority of the coverage because he is the number one. So you're leaving one-on-one with Taylor Gabriel. Trubisky's going to take that matchup, especially on a slower corner, or if you're throwing a bubble screen out where you're going to have these offensive linemen have to get out and block, he's good at utilizing those blockers. So just adds so many different elements to the offense. And it's going to be interesting how, you know, Matt Nagy is able to utilize Gabriel on any different play. Again, he's going to line up everywhere. Exactly. And really when, uh, when I, I mean, I've done a little bit of, you know, my homework on RPOs and the big thing about him is you want to stretch defenses vertically because when you, I talked about this, I think with the tight end, but I need to hit this point again because with Gabriel, it just hits home. You want to stretch those defenses vertically. And if he's running those fly routes all the time, you know, the defense are going to have to cover it and honor it because he has the speed the, and the ability to beat you deep. And when you do that, you, you create a lot of cushions for the targets underneath. But if you keep beating them underneath, eventually they're going to cheat up and try to take that away. And that's when Trubisky can look to you know go over the top and hit the home run ball with Gabriel. And that's why I think, you know, even though he might not have the most stats, he's not going to have maybe 50-plus catches, 600-plus yards, all the touchdowns, but he's just going to impact the game plan, what defenses are going to do to you know combat our offense. And it's going to leave our other playmakers even more open. And when Gabriel's open over the top, you better believe it's going to get everybody you know, off, you know, off their butts, standing up on their feet inside Soldier Field, uh, cheering loud with uh, some spectacular plays. What about you, B? Anything on Taylor Gabriel you want to add? I gave you some time because I want your internet to kind of calm down. I appreciate that. Uh, I did something I normally don't do. I looked into the, the deeper statistic analytics thing that I'm wait, not wait, 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 wait. Enough. You used analytics, Brandon? I did. Oh, I my did. God. Uh, so, this, is, this is where I find this really interesting. Okay. So one thing that I, I didn't realize about Taylor Gabriel, I guess is his catch radius is the way that I'll put it. Uh, I mean, he only dropped 6% of his passes that were thrown his way last year. So that's, that was only three drops out of the total receptions that he had. And on average, 
his when quarterbacks target him, their quarterback rating is a 93. So that kind of tells me that he makes his quarterbacks better. I mean, Matt Ryan's good, but I think that he's able to help boost that a little bit more. Uh, so I think maybe this is going to benefit Mitch Trubisky, not, you know, not just having him on the offense as a whole for a scheme and, and pawn wise, things like that, be able to move defenses around however you want, take the top off. Like we've been talking about, he can line up anywhere. I think that he's really going to be able to help Trubisky uh, boost his completion percentage. Cause that's something that, you know, we'll talk about in a couple weeks that he's going to have to improve on. And I think that Taylor Gabriel is a guy that we may not realize he can do that. Uh, but looking at the, the deep analytic, uh, number here that I pulled out the average quarterback rating when quarterbacks throw his way is 93. That tells me that he can, he can help Mitch Trubisky out in more ways than one. Yeah. Like you said, that's amazing. Like of course, 93 quarterback rating, but this how low his drop percentage is. I mean, we've been played with the drops here in Chicago for quite some time. So we know just how frustrating those can be in some key situations. And yeah, I'm talking about someone we'll mention later on in the show, but uh, no, for real though, that's a good point. Something else that Taylor Gabriel brings to the table that we're going to see this season is reliability and consistency. And those are two things we have not had at the position and ever since Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey. So to have that back is definitely comforting and having a young quarterback, having that, I'm sure it's comforting for Trubisky when he's out there in the field, which, I don't think it was all too comfortable last year, if we can all look back correctly. But guys, I want to go ahead and move right on, and I want to talk about who I thought was maybe the biggest surprise acquisition at the position, and that's, of course, Anthony Miller. Because after the Bears drafted James Daniels in the second round, we were not expecting Chicago to trade up for the talented whiteout out of Memphis. Check out YouTube. Look at the thumbnail. Look at Nick's face when he was trying to scramble to figure out a little bit more about Anthony Miller. We weren't expecting to do another podcast not, that night, but we did. So, yeah, just leave it to Ryan Pace to make a bold move. Move and uh, when we least expect it. And again, he had conviction to go get him. He got his guy. Uh, Coach Nagy thought he might have be the number one receiver in the entire draft. Heck, even Miller himself said that he is the best receiver in that entire draft class. I love the confidence. But Miller, he's an ultra competitive player. He always has his nose to the grindstone. And at Memphis, he improved every single season. And over his last two years, he put up killer numbers. Yeah, he averaged 95 catches, 1,400 plus yards, and 16 touchdowns his last two years. Talk about a playmaker. Of course, he still has to prove that he can be effective at the pro level. But trust me, if he has the confidence that we just talked about to be the self-proclaimed best wide receiver in the draft, obviously the Bears are high on him as well. I'm very, very high on this kid's ability, his potential. I don't know how quickly we'll be able to see it, but if his attitude is any indication, it's not going to take too long for him to make his mark here in Chicago. Nick, you are going to be up first. What are some things that you really like about Miller's game, what he brings to this offense? Yeah, and you mentioned it's that confidence. Whenever he plays, he knows he's the best man. One-on-one -on -one matchup, he knows he's going to get the best of that that matchup. And I really, it shows in his game. When he beats someone on a route, he lets the other guy know it. And I love that about uh, you know a receiver getting into the face of the opponent. But he's also a great route runner, and he knows how to create separation. And that's going to be key for, you know, especially in the NFL, where these corners are really locked onto. And any ounce of separation you can create is going to be, you know, whether a, a ball is completed or, or if it's, it's not incomplete. And he's what he does is he makes it to where it's a ball, receiver, then defender. So it's not the other way around. So really good in that aspect. And, you know, it doesn't just catch the ball. It's the yards after the catch. He's always looking to make the play after and that's what i really like about anthony miller it just he brings that nastiness that fiery passion to the the, the position and i think you know when it comes his time to make plays he's definitely going to be able to make them 
Right. Because you look at this, right? You have Allen Robinson. You met him. He's a little bit more laid back, right? Even though he's, he's the number one guy, he's the calming presence on offense. They have Taylor Gabriel. He's a little bit of a character. But then you have Anthony Miller, who's like, I'm the best guy here. I am going to beat you every place. So you better bring it or else I'm going to beat you. And just that attitude, it's going to, you know, it's going to be contagious. And that's what I like about Miller. And you brought up his route running. That's something that's been very well documented, just how precise he is with his routes. And in this offense, precision is key. So for him, obviously, that's why Negi wanted to bring him here in Chicago. Pace rewarded him and connected the two. And I think the connection is going to pay dividends. But what about you, B? Uh, what are your thoughts on Miller? You guys, you know, talked about all the the highlights of him. He's the playmaker. He's got the the great attitude, the the fiery passion that he brings. But just to play devil's advocate, kind of bring the that's that's your bring, role. No, bring it down <laughs> a little bit. I mean, he he will lose focus on the easy catches from time to time, a little too frequently than I would like. You know, he's he's really good at creating space, really good at making these these great catches. But sometimes when he's just too open, he's he's too open, and he just drops the easy. You know should be able to catch and go, but he's thinking about making his next move already. Just got to be able to take it one step at a time. I think, I don't want to say slow his game down because the NFL is a little bit faster. Once he gets used to the NFL speed, then kind of slow it down a little bit, make the easy catch. You know you have to make the catch and then make the move. I'd rather him make the catch first, obviously. So just just focusing on doing one step at a time is really going to be able to benefit him as far as his growth. Brandon, I had that exactly in my notes for the weaknesses of you know Miller at times we'll lose focus and turn up field before making the catch. He did. He does do that at times. And I think it's, it's not a, it's something that can definitely be fixed. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, I had the exact same thing just watching the film from him, but he will definitely work on that. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I'm just wanted to chime in. I wanted to feel cool for at least <laughs> a moment guys, but all right. So let's look at his rookie season because you have fans out there who think he can, you know, do anything. He's going to go out there, put up killer numbers and just blow expectations out of the water. He'd be one of the most productive rookies in the NFL, which heck he has the potential to do so, but the bears have so much talent. We just don't know exactly where all these targets are going to go. But personally, I think I get a little bit overzealous because damn it, He's just so confident, and it rubs off on me, and I want to see great things out of him right now. But, Andrew, I want to know your opinion here. What are some reasonable expectations, I should say, for his rookie season? I think it's reasonable to be optimistic about him. I mean, he can talk the talk. He can walk the walk. I mean, he's just a phenomenal athlete. He was a state champ hurdler in high school, and it shows on the football field. That's where he gets that yards after catch that Nick was talking about. Um, But, yeah, like you said, I think – it's going to be obviously an adjustment. I think he ideally could be your primary slot receiver. Um, I think he just has the ability to get open. I think he could become almost like a safety blanket for Mitch. Um, I see him a lot with a lot of third down catches. I could see him around, you know, 40, 50 catches somewhere around there, maybe somewhere five, 600, 650 yards. And, you know, he's confident in his touchdown number. I don't know if, I think he, <laughs> he, I think yeah. he called, he was going to get, I forget what it was, something crazy. But Does anyone I remember? Could... I don't. I don't have I don't it know. out. I know. I remember hearing it, and I was like, "Okay, Anthony, all right." But heck, I mean, if he's, I mean, again, there's so many other targets, and he's the rookie, especially early on in the season. If they don't respect him, and you know, they, and they just kind of overlook him, he can make people pay. So yeah, I think that's sure. exactly when early on, if he can make people pay early on, even if his numbers maybe regress throughout the season, and but if he can just garner a little bit more attention. That will be huge for this offense because we have all the other weapons, either it be the receivers we already talked about in Gabriel and Robinson, the tight ends we talked about a couple weeks ago. And of course, these running backs are going to be talking about here in just a few days. There's so many options for this Bears offense and such a complete 
180 that we had from a year ago at this time, which again, it's a fresh, uh, yeah, a breath of fresh air is the slogan I'm trying to throw out there. But guys, uh, anything else on Miller that you want to mention before, before we move on to uh, the next tier of whiteouts? I think he's coming into a perfect situation. Um, because like talks about his ability to get open. He's also playing for a coach who schemes receivers open. Uh, I think he's going to, I think he's going to end up getting a good number of targets this year. I think he's going to be an impact player year one. Dude, first time on this show and you're already jumping in when I ask for any other opinions. First up <laughs> that I applaud you. That's great. That's great. Nick, Brandon, anything further you want to add or you want to move on? You know, I did look at um, second round receivers, like their average uh, receptions, yards, touchdowns for the past five years, just to see, just to try to project where Anthony Miller can add, you know, end up in the season. Every situation's different, but uh, I calculated it all. And the average number for all those second round receivers in the rookie season, the average number came out to 41 receptions, 510 yards, and about three and a half, four touchdowns. Um, with those kind of numbers, and that's, you know, thinking about all the weapons that the bears have now he is a rookie um obviously has a lot of talent but there's just a lot of guys around him that also do do those numbers i guess sound right is that something maybe that's our, that's i would be all right if anthony miller puts up those numbers especially in his rookie season considering that uh, the last second round receiver was alshon jeffrey he didn't put up half those numbers uh in terms of i think he had like 300 yards only 20 something receptions yeah, so his rookie season was a he it yeah. took alshon a little bit i know he had a little bit of the injury i mean hey alshon injuries i think those two words <laughs> yeah they coincide by this point but um no i agree i think that those numbers seem reasonable i think if like you said if he reached that cool awesome if he finds a way to exceed that if he can become that impact guy that's great but with all the wealth on offense I'm personally, and I think the Bears are taking this approach. It's for the greater good. Not one guy is going to be the diva who wants to have all the stats. If They don't care how the numbers are divided, how the targets are spread out. But as long as the, this offense is you know, moving the chains, getting into the red zone, putting up points, something they had a hard time doing last year. If they can do that, I think everyone's going to be happy, content. And this Bears team, with that defense we were talking about, by the way, Gosh, you can tell it's 10 days away from training camp because the optimism is just, <laughs> it's getting up there and it's exciting. It is. All right, guys. But for the sake of time, let's go ahead and backtrack. Well, forward track. Move forward. Man, by the way, guys, for those listening, like I've been working in high myself. school. Uh, forward what? I like forward track myself. We can we can keep that one as a staple on the show. Forward track. That is my new uh, with that said, apparently. <laughs> so with that said, uh, guys, we're going to move on to the next tier. And for this portion of the show, I want to talk about the three returning wideouts. And for you math majors at home, that's only 25% of the entire group heading into training camp this season. So we're going to discuss Kevin White, Josh Bellamy, and Tanner Gentry. It's a very interesting group, to say the least. But to start off this interesting conversation, let's begin with Kevin White. Let's do it. Why not? Just rip off the Band-Aid. I'm sure he has a few. But... <laughs> Again, the dad jokes are coming out this week, but I, I really don't know where to begin because I want to begin with him, but I don't know where to begin this conversation because he's been on IR for more games than he has career catches. And with all those injuries, it's really beyond difficult to know what to expect from him. And the only thing that we know of certain based off the evidence provided is that his body is just unable to remain healthy at the pro level. But hey, things change. And I say it every off season, at least ever since we've been doing the show, because it coincides with Kevin White's career. And I'll say it again. Maybe this is a year that he gets it all together. 
Now, don't hold your breath and to don't totally discount it either. I know we talked about it earlier in the offseason. As a Bears fan, you should not want him to fail whatsoever. If somehow he can find a way to turn into a first-round pick, even if it was like, a, you know, if he can even find a way just to be productive, being out there, that's still an extra body this season. Again, we can figure out his future later, but I think we want to see what he can do. Nick does not seem confident that that will be happening, <laughs> and we'll get to him in a moment. And I know there's a ton of uncertainty out there, just like uh, Nick's face just kind of indicated. But what would make the season a success for White? Because, of course, the bar is literally laying on the floor. That's it. Nick, what's the success? He just needs to play. He needs to play. We need to see what Kevin White can actually do. We don't know. He's got 21 receptions, 193 yards in three seasons. He's played five games in three seasons. Like, we don't know what Kevin White is at this point. We know that he had route running issues coming from West Virginia into the NFL. We we haven't seen that, though. We have only have such a small sample size. He just needs to be able to put I – don't, I don't expect him to play a full season just because of what has happened in the past, but just to have put some tape out there to see if, you know, there is – there's that talent there, but we need to actually see it on the field. So, like, for my notes here, I have Kevin White. He's always in shape. He's always in shape, no matter what. Um, mini camp earlier in June, he, he the reporters said he looked fast. These are the kind of notes that we have off of Kevin White, just because nothing has played out in the NFL so far. So if he can play, I'd say 10 games and, you know, is productive in an offense that has a lot of other weapons, maybe he gets those one-on-one -on -one matchups, that will, you know, benefit Kevin White. But we just don't know about him. I think I need clarification, though. What's productive for him in this offense with everyone else? That's tough. I I, yeah, I couldn't I even I couldn't even tell you because I mean I think obviously we did tight end show. Burns gonna get a lot of catches. You know Robinson, Miller, Gabriel. Where's Kevin White even fit into this mix of receivers right now? That's I mean I just don't know right now. We just don't know anything about Kevin White. Who is Kevin White? Who is <laughs> Kevin White? <laughs> hey, it's gonna be a novel one day in like ten years, and we're gonna write it. And it's gonna be phenomenal. But uh, what about you, B? Say he's healthy. Does where does he even fit in the pecking order? Nick already just addressed the question. Do you have any idea? Again, I think it's easy to say we don't have an idea, but if you had a guess, if you just had a gut feeling, like where does he fit in the pecking order of things? Well, a great thing for Kevin White is that he's on the same playing field right now as everyone else. He's got a clean slate with new coaches, new coordinators, a new opportunity really for him to kind of quote unquote my quote, bust the bust label. I thought that was pretty clever. Oh, uh, I know, right? I don't know if it counts as a dad joke, but I thought it was pretty clever. Uh, anyway, I mean I think this this uh, offensive style is more what he was used to at West Virginia. He was the bigger home run threat. He was able to use his size and his speed there. And like we were talking about earlier with Taylor Gabriel, uh, I mean, this offense is set up to scheme receivers open. And if that's all that's needed for Kevin White to get some catches and some playing time, I don't think he plays all 16 games. I'm not sure that he plays opposite of Allen Robinson. He could be the fourth guy on here for all we know. I mean, it's really tough, really tough to know. But I, he's got a clean slate, and it's a new opportunity for him. And I hope that he takes full advantage of it and proves proves us all wrong with this bus thing of being the number one pick uh, for Ryan Pace. But I mean, it's it's just really tough to know where he fits in exactly with everyone else because we haven't seen him. And sadly, I mean, we're going to talk about some more receivers that I think they have even more upside at this point than Kevin White <laughs> and the the newer faces that we'll talk about them in a little bit. But heck, wouldn't it be odd to watch Kevin White play special teams this year? A first round pick, seventh oh, round. Gosh. I mean, that's the role. If he's going to be the fourth or fifth guy in the pecking order, you have to play a little bit of special teams. And I don't think he's, he can do that. I mean, that'd be, that's a lot of physicality. 
Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. For a guy who can't handle any. So, again, I know we've been long-winded here on Kevin White uh, for someone who we don't know what to expect. But, Andrew, I want to give you some time on the floor here. Um, I know you've only been around with us since January. So what are your thoughts on Kevin White entering this season? I think the benefit that he and the Bears have this year is he he's not being counted on to be the guy. You know, the last couple of years going into the season, you were like, this is our you know, number seven overall pick. This is our first rounder. This, you know, physical specimen, he's going to be a beast. And then you feel the letdown. This year, he doesn't have to be. You know, if he doesn't catch a ball this year, the Bears can still have a good offense. You know, anything you get from him is gravy. I think he makes the team just because of the contract. And like you said, I, I don't know if there's any special teams value there at all. I don't know if they'll even play with that. Um, but if he's healthy and he can give you a handful of snaps and maybe create some matchups with that athleticism, you know, he, I mean, maybe he can win some one-on-one matchups on third down, something like that when you need him. But there, there's no, I mean, other than for, for his future sake, as far as the bears are concerned, there's no pressure on Kevin white to perform this year. Exactly. There isn't. And honestly, what if he does? What if, what if he pulls a Kyle Fuller? What if he does it? I mean, I'm not. We don't need to discuss it. I'm just going to ask the question. Let p- listeners think about it. Just what if? Because that makes an interesting, interesting situation. I still think, regardless, with all the talent here, you move on because I think time will tell the durability. I think it's already kind of given us an example of what would be to come. Even if you put together one successful full season, can he hold up? Can he handle it? I don't know. All right, so looking up on my list, who's next? Well, 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 look who it is. <laughs> it's Josh Bellamy. So I can go ahead and provide you with some stats here, and I can explain uh, what he's been able to do when thrust into playing time. But here's the deal. I don't. Uh, you don't. Brandon doesn't. Nick doesn't. And I'm pretty sure Andrew doesn't as well. We don't want to see Josh Bellamy have to play another offensive snap. <laughs> And there's a reason why the Bears brought in eight new receivers and it's to avoid that from happening again. Guys, tell me, am I right or am I right? You are You're 100% right. right. Okay, yeah. I thought so. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for the third vote there. I needed but, it. But, guys, Josh Bellamy is the only one that has chemistry with Mitch Trubisky at all. I don't care what chemistry he has. He's going to forget it, and he's going to play. Oh, I didn't say he was going to make the team. That's I know, just the point I know. that I had to, I had to yeah. throw out there, which I thought was kind of weird that when you look at the list. The window. You don't even <laughs> you see it. He played last any of that offense. We don't want to bring it this season. So We don't want to. We yeah. don't want to. <laughs> it's like I do a little bit of gardening. So sometimes you have some like dead spots in the plant. You want to you know prune them off to kind of preserve what's left, and it doesn't want to exert its energy, energy on something that's not going to be able to be revived. I think that's Josh Bellamy. But guys, I'm just going to open the floor to any three of you. I think only one answer is sufficient, if at all. Is there anything you want our listeners to know about Bellamy? I think those who've been watching the Bears over the years, and we do, we know what he is at this point. I don't think we need to beat the dead horse. Everyone knows what Josh Bellamy brings to the table. Some special teams value, but I think the Bears have someone, I'll talk about him later on, who can fulfill the same role and provide much more value on offense if needed. But guys, anything? He's on the outside looking Mm-hmm. He had a career year last year, you know. 
24 receptions. That's great. South the door. Don't care. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> um, I will do want to mention that just only in 2016, uh, where why he probably made it from the 2016 season to 2017. He played 64 percent of the special team snaps, and that obviously went down last season because he had to play on the offense. So I mean, that's the reason why the Bears keep bringing him back. I mean, he's going into I think this is his fifth year now with the Bears. So he's found a way to always come back. He's just, you just can't get rid of him. So wait, fifth year. So that's still we're talking. We're still talking Tressman era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. reason that makes so much sense when you think about it. Jeez, and I, I'm glad that's starting to feel like a lifetime ago because there was a time when that felt like yesterday, and that was that was awful. But everyone knows that. But all right, guys, let's go ahead and round out the group, and let's take a look at the second year pro out of Wyoming. Tanner Gentry, uh, he became a fan favorite uh, about, you know, roughly this time a year ago in training camp. He's, you know, he was very limited uh, last year with his time on the active roster. He had three catches, 35 yards, small sample size. But yet there's still those fans out there who still wonder, can he still end up being something in the NFL? I want to see what the panel thinks here. Nick, you're up. Um, No, I'm going to go with no on the Tanner Gentry uh, train. He was a training training camp hero. Um, I do like how he competes, but I just don't think he has what it takes to actually be a legitimate receiver. Someone that you can count on. He got playing time because of the injuries at receiver for the bears, but just with the talent that's now there, um, yeah, I'm going to go with Noah Tarrant Gentry and just being, I guess, living out his dream of being a NFL receiver for the Chicago bears, maybe somewhere else, but not, not with the bears. All right. What about you, Andrew? I, I second that motion by Nick. No, he's, he's, I just don't see to me. He's not an NFL receiver. I think he caught on the practice squad with the bears, which was a depleted receiving core. He was, you know, put on waivers and everyone, all 31 teams passed on him. You know, he, I, I just, the hype's there because the group was so thin last year and he made some great plays in bourbon a, but I just don't see him on this roster moving forward. Okay. Brandon, devil's advocate. This is a perfect time to get some people behind it for the I first know. time ever. Are you know what? He, yeah, he absolutely can oh, be something. God. Just in Buffalo with Josh Allen, his old quarterback. He's not making this bridge yeah. roster. So I think he ends up in Buffalo if you want my honest opinion. All right. Well, that's to be noted. Let's, let's note that so we can check it out. If it happens, be called it here on July 10th. But uh, all right, guys. Uh, I was going to ask you what we all expect from Tanner Gentry in 2018, but I think you all gave your answer. Here's what I expect, though. I expect him to still make plays in training camp and keep this discussion alive. It's gonna, it's not gonna go away. He's <laughs> gonna make some plays throughout camp. He's gonna make some plays in preseason. And you're gonna have that. I'm gonna call him the vocal minority. You're gonna be like, he needs to be on the roster. You can't, you can't let him go. We'll see how it all pans out. All right, guys. So the, for the sake of time, like I said, 12 wide receivers. We're just gonna lump the remaining six wideouts into one big group. I'm gonna go ahead and go one by one real quick. Give you a little bit of a background. Uh, and then I'm going to hand it over to the guys for a little bit of more information and analysis. So we, and I'm just going to go in alphabetic order because I did this thing. It just, it makes it easy for me. So DeMarcus Ayers, he was a, a Steelers seventh round pick in the 2016 draft. He's appeared in two games throughout his career. He has six catches on 13 targets, 53 yards, and one touchdown. Then we have Marlon Brown. He was a mini camp tryout signing Brown. He does have NFL experience in his three years in Baltimore. Uh, that was from 2013 to 2015. He had 87 catches and nearly 900 yards and seven touchdowns. Uh, but he had a back injury in 2016, and they kept him out for about two seasons. But the 6'5 wideout is eyeing a comeback, and obviously he showed the Bears enough to bring him in to the training camp. 
Then you got Matt Fleming. He's a Chicago native. He was a Division Three player who impressed Coach Nagy during rookie minicamp, uh, just enough to earn a spot on the 90-man roster. He was homeschooled in high school. Uh, he wanted to go to college where he can play ball and run track. Uh, he did become a national champion in the 4x100-meter relay, and he finished second in nationals in the long jump. Obviously a really athletic kid, uh, very much a, still a raw talent. Then you have Benny Fowler, uh, someone who in the Bears signed. Honestly, I was like, oh, this is a decent signing. It's, it's an underrated signing, but a decent one for if you're looking for wide receiver depth. Uh, he's coming from Denver. He played all six game, all 16 games last year. And he had 29 catches, 350 yards, and three touchdowns. Not a bad season. Out of this bunch, I think he is the most seasoned player. He has experience on special teams. And fun fact, the new Bears assistant special teams coach, Brock Olivio, uh, he's worked with and he worked in Denver last year. So obviously he's very com comfortable and familiar with Fowler. And I said it months ago, but it's worth mentioning again. Uh, and I mentioned it and I preluded to it about three minutes ago. This is a guy that I do hope uproots Josh Bellamy for his roster spot. I uh, just wanted to do Brandon's uh, spoiler alert because he hasn't done one yet. <laughs> And then up next, we have Garrett Johnson. He's a 5'11 undrafted free agent out of Kentucky. Johnson, he's known for his speed, his agility, but he lays less than about 170 pounds. So very thin frame, not a lot of weight there. And then finally, Javon Wims, this year's seventh round draft pick. He has great size. He's 6'3", 215, and he looks like that real red zone threat. Uh, he's a former community college player. He's earned a large role. Oh, he earned a large role on a really good Georgia team, of course, a year ago. Wims had 45 catches, 720 yards, and seven touchdowns. And he really busted on the scene with a big-time performance in the playoff game against Oklahoma. We talked about him, of course, in depth in that recap as soon as he was drafted back in April, was it? Yeah, the draft is in, was in April this year. Time goes by fast. That feels like yesterday. But, guys, I want to know out of this group, who's your favorite player and why? And then on top of that, I'm going to ask for your lease. So you're going to double up here. Let's go to Brandon first. Uh, my favorite's Benny Fowler because... Spoiler alert, it's already hey, been spoiled. He's going to be the one that uproots Josh Bellamy uh, for the wide receiver position in the special teams because uh, he had, I think it was 227 snaps on special teams last year. That That's a pretty good chunk, and he'll be able to, to uproot Josh Bellamy there, I think. Uh, my least favorite, uh, I think it's going to be Marlon Brown. It's, it's really tough to come back from a back injury. It's not that I don't like him. It's just when you hurt your back, that's something that takes a while, and you may not ever be the same player again. I, I appreciate his uh, ambition to come back and, and try it again. Uh, I just don't know that he's necessarily going to be a, a favorite to make the squad. All right. What about you, Nick? What are you thinking? I'm going to go favorite. I like Matt Fleming. I think this is a like a dark horse candidate that can possibly make it, but really low chances. Uh, I just like the athleticism that he brings to the table. And obviously, as a fifth or sixth wide receiver, you're going to have to play special teams. And having a former track star going down on a punt kickoff or a kickoff you know, coverage, you want a guy that can get down there fast. Least favorite, can I say Josh Bellamy again or no? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm, kidding. Uh, I'm gonna go with Marlon Brown too, just because. Um, again, that back injury uh kept him out what two or three years removed from playing in 2015 now. So that's a long time away from football, and obviously he made it to you know the 90 man squad. But we'll see what what happens in training camp. Uh, I'm gonna say it's the least favorite just because of that injury. All right, what about you, Andrew? Uh, yeah, I think Benny Fowler, like you, I thought that was a really underrated. I think that was. Kind of coincided with losing Cam Meredith. It was right around there. Made exactly you know, made that a little more tolerable. Adding that piece of depth, um, like you said, which I you know he's a special teams guy as well. He add you know kind of you know he can help. He's a pass catcher. Uh, I think he scored you know a couple touchdowns last year. Thirty catches with Denver. He can play special teams. I think he finds a spot. Um, least favorite, I might say Garrett Johnson, just because I mean 
you know, 170 pounds. I can't imagine a guy who weighs as much as me taking a hits in the NFL, at the NFL level. Uh, just, just don't think that that's a recipe for success. Yeah, I can get behind that. Definitely. Definitely. All right, guys. So we just discussed 12 wide receivers and they're all heading to training camp 10 days, just in case you didn't catch it the first few times. And now it's time to go ahead and take a step back. Let's look at the big picture. This is one of my favorite parts of these content to camp shows. We get some really good insight here. So first of all, Simple enough. Who's in? Who's out? Who's on the practice squad? Nick? So I'm thinking that the Bears are going to bring in six wide receivers on the 53. That's what's going to make it. So I have Robinson, Gabriel, Miller, White, um, Bellamy, and I do have Fowler. And like I said, I said the dark horse was uh, Matt Fleming, but I think Fowler will end up getting that edge for that six wide receiver spot. Man, Bellamy. I was hoping I didn't hear that name again tonight, but it's okay. It's okay. What about you, B? Yeah, I've got uh, Anthony Miller, Taylor Gabriel making a team, Allen Robinson, obviously, uh, Benny Fowler. Uh, I actually have Kevin White making the team. I don't know that he plays that big of a role, but I think I think he's going to do enough to make it. And I have Javon Wims making the practice squad. He's, he's still new to football. Uh, he really only been playing since his first year of junior college. Played a huge role, like you said earlier, uh, for the Georgia Bulldogs. Good size, 6'3", 215. He has really good hands. I just think he's got so much potential. They're going to want to mold him and fit him into whatever it is that they can. So I have I have five wide receivers making it because I kept I think five yeah I kept five tight ends last week. So therefore, I'm going to have five wide five wide receivers to balance it out. All right, balance. I like it. I think Nick agrees with uh, Wims being on a practice squad. Mm-hmm. Yep. I I thought I saw that nod of approval, so I just wanted to make sure we got that out of the way. But let's go over to Andrew. Uh, who's making this team, man? Uh so I. Robinson, Miller, Gabriel, for sure. I think Kevin right. White makes it because of the contract. Uh, Benny Fowler, I think, is a lock. And then I'm going to say, you know, if, if they keep six, I say Bellamy makes it for special teams. Uh, if they keep seven, which I could see, I could see Javon Williams making the roster simply because I think that he's enough of a prospect that, enough, that they might fear losing him if they were to decide to go the practice squad route. Um, so he's a guy, if you could get him on the practice squad, that'd be ideal. Uh, but I would not be surprised if he's on the 53. I think he's got a shot, and I think Bellamy gets on there for special teams, for better or for worse. But that's okay, though. I think if Bellamy makes again, we give him a hard time. And again, it's, it's not a tough love, maybe. I mean, maybe that's the way to put maybe. it. But <laughs> maybe, again. But I think if it's, if it's a special teams capacity, that's okay. But you, we have enough here that he shouldn't have to see the field and say Wims is on the practice squad. Something happens. You keep Bellamy a special teams. You bring Wims up, see what he can do. I think that would be like the best case scenario. If and the best case scenario in a worst case scenario, if that's how I'm going to put it, but guys moving forward last year, we had zero hope and confidence in this position after the Meredith injury and everything kind of ensued. Mike Glennon playing quarterback for four games. And again, it was all due to good reason. But I want to know with all this overhaul that we've had, and it, I mean, you can take all the factors into account, not just receivers, but the new coaching staff, the new offense, Trubisky entering his year two. What's your confidence level in the wideouts this year? Let's go to Andrew. I am confident. I'm confident not only in the physical abilities of the players they have, but just the coaching staff. It's just night and day difference in what they've seen in years past. Um, they're going to use all these players to the best of their abilities. Um, and Trubisky, I think, is going to take a gigantic step forward this year. I think this is going to be one of the more well-rounded receiving cores in the NFL. Love to hear it. I really do. What about you, B? What's your uh, confidence level like? 
I'm confident in this group uh, because they're going to coincide with tight ends a lot. And the reason I went five and five is because there's a lot of untapped potential at tight end, and there's going to be some some untapped potential at wide receiver, well as some some retapped potential with Allen Robinson coming back from an injury. And I just think all these guys combined are really going to be able to uh, produce some really great things on the field. So the wide receivers, I'm confident, in, but it definitely coincides with the tight ends because that's just the way this this offense is schemed up. Nick, is it unanimous? Are you fairly confident as well? Give me a number, one to ten. Make it, make it. Let's do it. Ooh, one to ten. Uh, you know, I'm I'm going, especially considering last season, I'm going with like a nine with the group that they have now. So I'm I'm really confident in what they can do. I really like Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller. Those guys are. I'm expecting big things from them moving forward. But yeah, really confident in this group. Yeah, I think that's appropriate. Again, as a fan of this team for my entire life, it feels like whenever I'm confident, I get burned. But for some reason, this feels different. Like the chances of being burned is very slim. So hopefully uh, my intuition's correct and uh, we can remain confident and feel good about it come the end of the season when we're playing some football in January. Huh? I didn't say that, did I? <laughs> oh, God, no. One step at a time, Will. 10 days of training camp. I'm excited. All right, guys. Wide receivers. Uh, of course, we've talked about them all, but I want to know who's your dark horse? Who's your X factor? And I want to know why, of course. Let's go over to B to begin things. My dark horse is is Kevin White, just because we don't know. I, th- I think that really plays in his favor. He can come out and surprise us because this is going to absolutely be a, a system he's kind of familiar with, like the ran at West Virginia, where he's going to be able to take the top off if given the opportunity. He's got, you know, he's obviously in really good shape, so he's an athlete. I think that it's kind of set up for him to be that kind of, you know, oh, he's a bust, but then he's going to come out and, and bust the bust cap or bust the bust label, whatever I said earlier. Uh, I think that that's definitely going to be him. Uh, the dark horse, the X factor, I think, is Allen Robinson, hands down. He's just a, a very productive guy. Uh, despite the injury last year, I mean, he's he's reliable. Aside from last year, he played 42 games in his first three years. He's just been an all-around productive player aside from the injury, and I think once he's 100% comes back, he's going to be the, the difference maker for this offense. All right, Mr. Moriano. So my X factor is the same as uh, Brandon's there with Allen Robinson, but my dark horse is Anthony Miller because, again, he is coming into his rookie year, but if he can play you know, anything like it was in Memphis where he was just a dominant guy getting open, creating that yak, I mean, that's going to change the dynamic of this offense in itself because he is a guy that can also play that Z role and also the zebra. So he's a very versatile receiver, and Matt Nagy is going to love utilizing him in a bunch of different packages. So we know he's confident in himself, and I'm confident in his game that he's going to be able to produce in his rookie season. See, interesting, because you called him your dark horse, but how you described him is X-Factor, and that's where I have True. him pegged. True. Yeah, I, I mix those up. I'm sorry. <laughs> so it's okay though. I mean, either way, you're 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 feeling good about what, of course, Miller brings to the table. And let's go over to Andrew here. Uh, what are your thoughts in terms of the dark horse X factor? Do you need me to describe a dark horse? <laughs> so you guys actually kind of kind of stole my thunder. I had Kevin White as the dark horse and Anthony Miller as the X factor. So just to change it up, go ahead. Um, I'm going to go Javon Wims as a dark horse. I, like I said before, I think he has a shot to make the 53 man roster. I think he, he's, he's a prospect. I mean, he's very raw. He's got to improve on a few things, but I think with the depth of this offense, I think he, if he makes the team, he could see the field. He could be that red zone threat with his size. Um, X factor, Taylor Gabriel, I mean, the guy, the speed, the explosiveness, the big play ability, I think is going to be not only is he going to have that X factor, you know, home run ball, whenever you need it, 
but just to make everyone around him better, like you guys said, make the quarterback better. I, th- I think he's got X-factor potential in this offense. Absolutely. No, that's a good thing. So many guys can fulfill so many different roles, and that's exactly what the Bears wanted to do. Versatility. All right, guys. Did you know that training camp's only in 10 days? But seriously, when we get there, what are we going to be watching for when we're looking at the wide receivers? Because how many so days? many of them. <laughs> <laughs> Let me check my calendar. It's 10. Andrew, you're drinking. Uh, I don't know what it was. I don't know what the beverage was. I'm not going to say a name anyway. We don't have a sponsor of said beverage. <laughs> but I'm going to put you on the spot here. When uh, If you get a camp, I know you have the baby, of course, coming up in August, so you may not be able to make your annual trip down to Bear Bonet, But uh, say you do go and you're watching these wide receivers in camp, what are some things you're going to be keeping an eye on? Drinking my sparkling water. There we go. Um, I can take I, that. That's vague enough. I'm going to be, if I'm down there, I'm watching Allen Robinson. I want to see if he looks healthy, you know, the chemistry with Trubisky, you know, how he's breaking on balls, coming out of routes, things like that. Cause you know, the big thing with Kevin white, the last receiver that we all had high hopes for is he never played as fast as he was as athletic as he is, because he always looked like he was tentative. I mean, that's a crossover sports, but you know, Derek Rose coming back from the ACL just never looked the same, always looked tentative. So I'm looking for, for Allen Robinson just to be, healthy to look healthy to play like the player that he is i like it i like that. It's a very that's a keen one that's a very uh specific thing to look for and that's great specifics are awesome and i think i think that'd be a very wise thing uh, when i get down there in 10 days uh to make sure to pay attention to again we'll see exactly what kind of role he has early on in terms of like how active he is in practice but as uh training camp wears on as the preseason rolls on i think that's definitely something to see if he's getting more comfortable being a little bit more aggressive and of course, we'll find out in due time. But what about you, Nick? Uh, what are you going to be watching for? The one-on-one battles between the wire series and DBs. That's always a fun one to watch. And we usually get pretty uh, good good spots to watch that. And we, you know, film it and stuff. But I want to see like Robinson versus Fuller, Miller versus Callahan. Those are going to be good matchups and the jawing that goes on between them. And obviously, it just makes the team better the more they compete. But that's always one of my favorite things to watch for at training camp. Can I ask you another question that just dawned on me now since you brought it up? Yeah. All right, one-on-ones, seven-on-sevens, even full-team drills. The Bears, we believe, has have a very good secondary. How is that going to impact the receivers? How is that going to actually maybe expedite their development heading into week one? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, again, a rookie, Miller versus uh, Bryce Callahan, one of the better cover nickelbacks in the league. If you can get open on him, there's a good chance you're going to be able to get open against the opponents that you're going to face throughout the season. But, yeah, they have some good corners there. So that competitiveness that they're going to have to bring each practice just going to elevate their play moving forward throughout the season. And here's the thing, and I want to I want to go ahead and say it now. If if I start tweeting out that the receivers are abusing the corners, don't freak out that the corners are regressing. All right, take it as a sign that we have some damn good receivers and there's some good things to come here in Chicago on offense. Don't be alarmed if that happens because I can see it being a back and forth battle all camp long. Some good days for the offense, some days for the defense, but. Hey, competition, it breeds success. Iron sharpens iron, as we've heard all the Bears say throughout all of OTAs and, of course, this offseason. But B, are you going to make it to camp number one? I really hope you do. It's been two years, dang it. And number three, wait, I said one, and I said two years, I got caught up. So back to number two, (laughs) what are you watching for if you do make it? Yeah, I plan on going to camp. I don't have the the job that I did last year where I was working. 12 hours on weekends included every day. Uh, so I, I plan to make it there a uh, couple times, hopefully. Uh, but I, you kind of asked Nick what I was 
going to look for. I wanted to see the one-on-one battles because I want to know how how these wide receivers take it. Are they going to be able to be like, ah, you know, this just this offense just isn't clicking with me? Or are they going to be able to learn from it with some of these, you know, very very good corners that the Bears have on defense? I'm interested to see how that all plays out as time goes on. Awesome. All right, guys. Real quickly, of course, a lot of this group's success is going to ride on Trubisky, and we're going to talk about him. I, I mean, within a week, I mean, time is running short. We got to finish this countdown to camp, but I want to know what's the best case, worst case scenario for this group. How high is that ceiling and how low is the floor? I, I'm curious to know your thoughts here. Let's go to Nick first. So the best case scenario for this position, the receivers is that they all stay healthy. I mean, that's going to be key for this entire offense. Allen Robinson, you know, even Kevin White staying healthy to see what his future um, lies with the bears. But uh, that worst-case scenario is, you know, they can. If Robinson goes down, that's a serious issue for this Bears team. I know that they brought some other guys, but they're really counting on Robinson to do a lot in this offense and be that number one receiver. So best case, they stay healthy. Worst case, they don't. Yeah, I mean, that's very fair. What about you, B? I kind of half-heartedly disagree with Nick. I think if Allen Robinson goes down, that's that's not the end of the world uh, because they've got so much depth at tight end, too, that there's just so many weapons that this that this offense has could not including the running backs that we haven't talked about yet that we'll hit on next week. Uh, so I, I think the best case scenario, I mean, everyone's healthy, everyone plays. There's just so many options for this offense and it's going to be a, a thing of beauty. I really think it is. But worst case is guys like Allen Robinson, Kevin white, uh, maybe an Anthony Miller. Unfortunately, you know, if any, if two of those three guys bite the dust, then the talent level really falls off and that's where things are going to run into an issue. So worst case scenario is they get full of injuries. Ah, man. The Chicago Bears wide receivers, a thing of beauty. That's that's awesome. I mean, that's something... That <laughs> I don't we, know if anyone's ever said that before, but... I, I don't I don't think there's ever been a sentence ever uttered <laughs> in any language ever created in the history of mankind. So congratulations, sir. Thank you were the first. Let's go over to Andrew, and please, 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 uh, let's not talk about injuries as a position in terms of uh, expectations. I mean, that's two in a row. I understand it. It's a concern, but that's a concern for every position, every player who plays the game. So what are your uh, expectations for this group in terms of, like, you know, ceiling, floor, et cetera? I think best-case scenario is that this, you know, you don't have – I mean, I think Allen Robinson has potential, like we saw in 2015, to go – 80 plus catches, 1400 yards. I think best case scenario, you don't have a guy like that. And there's a lot of, you know, it evens out a little bit. Cause I think Mitch is going to be throwing the ball all over the field. He's got the tight ends. He's got Cohen. He's got all these receivers we've been talking about. Um, so if no, if everyone stays healthy, sorry, had, had to say it. That's fine. Everyone, everyone stays healthy and you don't see one guy carrying a bulk of the load. I think that's a very good thing that they're spreading the ball around. They're getting guys open. They're moving the chains. Um, worst case scenario. Yeah. I mean, it, it just doesn't click with this offense. They get, you know, Miller doesn't pan out. He's still too raw. Doesn't pan out. Kevin white gets hurt. Robinson's not the same coming off the injury. I don't foresee any of that happening, but like, I, I think it's going to be a easily, in my opinion, the most improved position group on the team. Absolutely. I mean, it's hard not to improve, to improve from what we had a year ago. But when I'm looking at you know this position, I'm looking at ceiling and floor. I think the ceiling is a top five wide receiver group in the NFL if they play to their potential. I know that's a bold prediction, and I kind of jumped the gun, but don't worry. I don't. That is not my official bold prediction. But they can be up there, in ter- I mean, especially if you want to add the tight ends in the mix. I mean, Brandon's been doing that off and on throughout the show. If you want to look at all the re- you know the passing targets in this offense. 
they can they have a lot of potential to make a serious impact. And I think we're you know the floor is decently ahead of what we were a year ago. So I don't think you'll see anything near of what we saw a year ago, even if things happen and other people need to fulfill different roles. I think they brought in different people to. Uh, be able to man different positions on purpose. That way they can just slide next man up. Things, keep things, of course, different on game day as well so people can't just key in on simple reads and simple, uh, what do you want to say, run-run-pass kind of strategies. But obviously the Bears, they're smart with how they're kind of formulating this whole group with uh, different people who have different talents but also can use those talents in different ways. And that's what I think is going to set this Bears wide receiver group apart from some other groups in the NFL, but definitely compared to the previous seasons, uh, the groups that we've had here in Chicago in the past. A quick right, question guys. for you. Oh, go ahead. Okay, go ahead. If if Josh Bellamy plays, would you say that's your floor? Yes. <laughs> on offense, if he's yeah. playing significant stamps on offense, yes. Then we've yeah. hit rock bottom yet again. Okay. I was just going to say, of, go ahead. My, my floor would be Tanner Gentry and Josh Bellamy as your starting oh, wow. wideouts. Trey McBride yeah. comes back out of nowhere. <laughs> That's a squad right there. You know, I still have nightmares, and I know you guys are triggering me, so I'll be messaging you guys tomorrow that I got no sleep because I had to think about that <laughs> happening yet again. But guys, we're running, I mean, we've already gone over an hour, which is fine. I mean, this is a huge group, and I mean, we're having a great conversation here about the Bears wideouts. But uh, any bold predictions for this unit? Um, I'm excited to see what you guys have. Uh, we've gone anywhere from medium bold to semi bold, decently bold. And I mean, Will Ingles a few weeks ago just kind of blew things out of the water with some of his bold predictions. I don't know if we can live up to that, but uh, let's go over to Nick first. What's your bold prediction for the wide receivers? So just to give uh, some background as to why I'm going to make this bold prediction. Last season, the Bears receivers had four of the 13 receiving touchdowns, just four. And I looked at the Chiefs and Eagles because that's what this offense is being compared to. Uh, the Chiefs wide receivers accounted for 12 of their 26 receiving touchdowns. Eagles, 20 of 38 receiving touchdowns. Uh, crazy. But I think the Bears receivers are going to account for 14 of however many receiving touchdowns for this next upcoming season. So they're going to be actually involved in the offense this season, which, I mean, n- not a shocker. Not a shocker. So you're saying at least the Bears wide receivers collectively will have at least 14 scores this year. Yeah. 14 Sorry. receiving touchdowns. Maybe who knows if someone yeah. runs it in, but yeah. Some other wrinkles are definitely around the corner. No doubt about it. Let's go over to Andrew next. I'm curious. What's your bold prediction here? I'm going to say, uh, maybe not that bold. But I'm going to say Allen Robinson makes the pro bowl and maybe even bolder. I'm going to say Kevin white is relevant. Ooh. Nice. You know, that might be uh, relevant. Yeah. yeah. That, that's definitely a bold <laughs> statement. B what about you? I think that Taylor Gabriel will match uh, his two the two years he had in Atlanta. He had 957 yards receiving. I think he can match that in one year here in Chicago. Oh my gosh, that's a lot. Leads, that's a lot leads, of yards. leads yeah. the team. I, I mean, would say that would be close yeah. to it. Oh man, yeah, yeah. that's I pretty think bold. It's possible though, yeah, Every, anything's possible, right? It's ten days, guys. Ten days. It's <laughs> magical time to be alive. <laughs> All right, so for me, I have a bold prediction as well. That was not the Bears being maybe a top five positional unit here at wide receiver. But personally, uh, I love, and I mentioned earlier, I love, 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 love the confidence that Anthony Miller plays. He sets his bar high. Uh, Even if he's a little bit short, he's going to still have a phenomenal season. He's going to lead not just the wide receivers, but the team and receiving touchdowns as a rookie this season. And on top of that, 
uh, that would make me feel pretty good if that actually happened. I, <laughs> I think that would, that would be, honestly, if that happened, that wouldn't be nearly a worst case scenario because that means he's doing damage and other people, of course, aren't going to be slacking whatsoever. And then it's, it just exponentially raises the potential of this team and what they can do uh, this season. So, guys, we have one final thing to do, and you know what it is. We need to go through some statistical categories and determine who's going to be the leaders. And we already know mine for touchdown, so I don't have to do that. So that's cool. But, of course, I'm going to let you guys pipe in there. But we'll start with catches. I want to know who leads the team in catches. And for this one, I'm just going to go one person per answer because, if not, we have like 21 things, 21 names to go through. So I'm going to go ahead and be first. Uh, catches. Is it Who, who do you think is going to lead the unit? Catches. Um... Just to match my bold prediction, I'm going to say Taylor Gabriel. All right. I guess that was too obvious for you, so I'm going to go over to Nick. (laughs) I'm going to go with Allen Robinson. I think uh, even, you know, a year removed basically from football, he's still going to be very productive in his first season back. All right. So here we go. And I'm going to go right back to Nick here because that was Brandon. No, wait. I'm going to to change my mind on the spot here. Brandon, I'm going to give you a chance to redeem yourself. Okay. And don't you dare go back to your bold prediction because it's a bold <laughs> prediction. Let's be let's go back and being some logical people. Targets. Who's going to be targeted the most? Oh, Allen Robinson. I think even if, because like I said, if he's 100%, then he needs to be out there playing. But if he's not, then I don't necessarily want him out there. But I think he's going to get out there when he gets closer to 100%, not quite there. And that's going to allow him to rack up the targets. Awesome. I'm going to go over to you, Andrew, for this next one. Who's going to lead this wide receiver positional group? I don't know why I had to do those such a long-winded way to get to it. Who's going to lead it in yak? Yards after catch. Taylor Gabriel. I think the the screen game is kind of what he's made for. His speed, his athleticism. I think he's going to rack up the yak. There we go. I love it. And so, of course, you know, Anthony Miller's already going to lead the receivers in touchdowns. But anyway, I want to know what you guys are thinking. I'm going to go right back to B. Who leads the receivers in touchdowns? Allen Robinson again. I think he's just too much of a playmaker to not be the one that's targeted in the red zone uh, for touchdowns. All right. And Nick, I gave you a really fun one. I wanted to keep this one for you because I know you you definitely uh, put some great insight behind it. Ready? Go ahead. You're shaking your head. So I'm going to assume that's a yes. Because, you know, the people on the podcast know you're shaking your head. True. Yeah. The people listening on their way to home from work definitely know that I said yes. But yeah, let's go. All right. All right ready? Catches for 20 plus. Catches for 20 plus. I think it's hard not to say Taylor Gabriel. I think, um, you know, sending him deep, that's going to be, uh, you know, something that Trubisky looks for. It's going to be that guy. Uh, I know, t- uh, Allen Robinson's good for those 50, 50 balls, but I think the way they're going to scheme this offense, Taylor Gabriel's going to be open. All right. I like it. I th- I see him leading the team, maybe catches 40 plus, maybe 20 plus. I would look maybe where either if you're, if you're going to hit, you know, Robinson on those intermediate routes where he can do his damage or even Anthony Miller with that precise route running and be able to, you know, act like he's going to go upfield and, you know, cut either in or out and whatever route that would be either be, you know, a curl, an out route, a slant. I mean, a skinny post. I mean, I just see him There's doing options. his damage. There's, There's, options. Options. There's options. That's, with that's the, the whole theme of the show. We finally have options at wide receiver and it's about dang time. Well, that was a that was a fun conversation, guys. But uh, I'm gonna have to cut it here. That's gonna do it for this episode. Uh, we hope that you've enjoyed this receiver preview as much as I have uh, been hosting it. By far, you can definitely tell that the season's right about here. I mean, I'm just feeling like the off season. You hit that lull. Sometimes even the summer, you're just kind of like, 
when's football going to come back? And it's like right here. And I hope you're feeling as excited as I am. And if you miss any of our, any of our other positional previews, I mean, the good news is you still have time, you know, to queue them up before the camp begins next week. And you definitely just, you can binge listen every single positional preview. You could be ready for any single player that you hear from camp. You'll have a great ground basis of like who that player is, where they came from, what you should expect from them. And if they exceed it, or maybe if they, fall short of those expectations. And before we sign off, I want to thank you all for listening. And I want to reiterate the fact that I'm personally and the rest of our team are, we're super stoked to be providing you with our annual training camp coverage. And, you know, I'm going to be providing, Nick's going to be there. Brandon said he'll hopefully be there. A few other people on our team as well. We're going to be there. Hopefully, honestly, the majority, at least 85% of the practices, Bears fan, 85%, get it. But honestly, we're going to be there for all the up to the minute, up to the minute updates. So please, if you don't, and it's a shame if you don't head over on Twitter, follow us at the Bears Bros. We're going to be chronicling it all there. Uh, maybe some other things on some other social media platforms as well. Um, but of course, on top of that, we're going to be doing daily recaps of all the Bears training camp practices. That way, if you don't do social media, you still get the update that you deserve. But first, before we get to training camp, we still have two more positions to preview. We got the Bears running backs, and we're going to quickly turn around and wrap things up with the quarterbacks preview. But until next time, 10 more days in Bear Down, Chicago. Bear down.